Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in Philippians, the epistle that Paul wrote to the congregation at Philippi, or the church at Philippi. Now, I am reading from the Amplified Bible. Uh, last we read chapter 2, and now we are ready to read chapter 3. Now, at the end of chapter 2, Paul mentioned that he was sent in Timothy and Epaphroditus, Epaphroditus to them. And I'm sorry that I'm bad with the, that person's name, but I, I do have a hard time with that. It's Epaphroditus, as near as I can tell. And that he was sending them to them. Now, Epaphroditus had been someone they had sent to Paul, delivering, you know, some sort of gift or something of that nature. And that he was returning him, but he was also sending Timothy back with him. So that Timothy could deliver, you know, they could deliver this, this letter from Paul. And so that Paul could find out more about how the Philippians were doing. Now, he's going to continue on here. He has a little more of a message to, to give them. So uh, we have chapter 3 and chapter 4 to go. And this is chapter 3. I'm going to start in verse 1. This is from the Amplified Bible. Finally, my fellow believers, continue to rejoice and delight in the Lord. To write the same things again is no trouble for me, and it is a safeguard for you. So see, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to to say, to repeat the same lessons, to say the same things, to to remind ourselves of the same things. You know, we need that. And I, I take this as just a little snip of saying, you know, it's okay to repeat and say the same things. It's okay. And it is a safeguard for us in that it reminds us and it helps. Um, you know, sometimes you have to repeat things. You have to repeat things a few times to get that ingrained in you and to get that in your head uh, and then act upon it. So that's kind of how I'm taking this. Is like He's like, look, it's, it, it's no problem for me to say it again and it's good for us. It's good for you for it to be repeated. So that's just verse 1. So verse 2, look out for the dogs, and he's referring to the Judaizers, the legalists. Look out for the troublemakers. Look out for the false circumcision, those who claim circumcision is necessary for salvation. For we who are born again, who have been reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, set apart for his purpose, God's purpose, and are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God and glory and take pride and exult in Christ Jesus and place no confidence in what we have or who we are in the flesh, though I myself... Well, let's not get off on that for a minute. So here he's telling them to beware, look out for false teachers, look out for troublemakers, people who want to cause strife, and look out for those who are claiming that you must follow, you know, old rituals like false circumcision, you know, circumcision and things like that that are no longer necessary for salvation. Now to continue on, he's encouraging them to continue to worship in spirit and truth and, and uh, in the spirit of God and glory and take pride and exult in Jesus and don't place confidence in the flesh or who or what we are or our money, or our riches, or whatever. And he says, though he's, uh, 
he's really talking about works here. So, so let's move on with verse 4 because he's going to continue. Though I myself might have some grounds for confidence in the flesh in his works, if I were pursuing salvation by works. If anyone else thinks that he has reason to be confident in the flesh, that is, in his own efforts to achieve salvation, which we know salvation does not come from our works and our efforts, I have far more, circumcised when I was eight years old, of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, an exemplary Hebrew, as to the observance of the law, a Pharisee, as to my zeal for Jewish tradition, a persecutor of the church, and as to righteousness, <clears throat> supposed right living, which my fellow Jews believe is in the law, I proved myself blameless. Now, Paul is talking of previously, before he met the Lord, before he became a Christian. He's like, if I could have been saved, if you could be saved through your works and through following the law, he says, he's basically saying, I'm, I'm your example. I'm the guy. I did all that. I did all that. You know, I was an exemplary Hebrew. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews, you know. So he said he did all that. <clears throat> and he was all that. Now, he's going to go on. Verse 7. But whatever former things were gains to me, as I thought then, meaning he thought those things were good for him and were proper and good and uh, beneficial. <clears throat> These things, once regarded as advancements in merit, I have, to come, I have come to consider as loss, absolutely worthless for the sake of Christ and the purpose which he, Christ, has given my life. But more than that, I count everything as loss compared to the priceless privilege and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, and of growing more deeply and thoroughly acquainted with Him, a joy unequaled. So he's talking about all that stuff in the past that he thought was so wonderful and great, and he thought he was doing correctly. He considers all that just a loss, a waste, just, just throw that away, just get rid of it, <clears throat> compared to... Knowing Christ, knowing Jesus, and following Him. So, we're going to continue on. For His sake, for Christ's sake, I have lost everything, and I consider it all garbage, so that I may gain Christ, and may be found in Him, believing and relying on Him, not having any righteousness of my own derived from my obedience to the law and its rituals, but possessing that genuine righteousness which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. So he's talking about all those things that they did in the law that he did and just throwing all that away and counting that as garbage, just it's rubbish, it doesn't mean anything because he has the true righteousness and faith through Jesus, he is the true righteousness with God, through his faith in Jesus. And this, so that I may know him, experientially, uh, through experience, 
becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him, understanding the remarkable wonders of his person more completely. Again, all talking about Jesus, talking about Christ. And in that same way, experience the power of his resurrection, which overflows and is active in believers, and that I may share the fellowship of his sufferings by being continually conformed inwardly into his likeness, even to his death, dying as he did, so that I may attain to the resurrection that will raise me from the dead. So he's saying that, you know, he, um, so that he may know the Lord more. You know, he's, he's moved away from all the, all the works, okay? And he's believing in Jesus. He's believing in Christ. And his righteousness is not derived from the law. And he's becoming more and more acquainted with Christ and knowing the wonders of his person, the love and the, the power of his resurrection and share in the fellowship of his sufferings and you know and he does you know Paul does go through some persecutions and suffering um, even to the point he's saying that even you know he wants to be continually conformed to to Jesus he wants to be more and more like Jesus and he's working you know that I may share the fellowship and by being continually conformed so he's going through that daily walk with Jesus becoming more and more like Christ so that he will attain the resurrection, that he will be raised from the dead to, to go to heaven in the end. Now notice this, because he's talking about, you know, that daily, con being continually conformed daily, working on himself to become more and more like Jesus, okay? Now, verse 12, Not that I have already obtained it, this goal of being Christ-like, or have already been made perfect, but I actively press on. Now, it means he's actively moving forward and trying and continually trying so that I may take hold of that perfection for which Christ Jesus, Jesus took hold of me and made me his own. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own yet. Okay? So he's saying that and he kind of repeats this. He says, not that I have already obtained it. In other words, I have not obtained that perfection. I have not reached that level where I am perfect like Jesus. He's saying, I have not reached that. And then down here again, he says, I do not consider to have made it my own yet. So he's saying, but he presses on. In other words, he continues. You know. And that's what we have to do. We have to continue. We have to press on and keep trying. So, brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. So, in other words, every day, you know, forgetting the mistakes of yesterday, not that you don't learn from your mistakes, not saying that, okay? You do learn from your mistakes, but at the same time, you have to say, this is a new day. Yes, I messed up yesterday. I'm not going to do that today, and I'm going to move forward, and I'm going to keep pressing forward. You know, and that's that's what he's talking about is let's put behind us what what we did. You know, yesterday's behind us. Let's move forward. Let's 
you know, reaching forward to what lies ahead, which we're following Jesus. Jesus is ahead of us. So we're reaching forward to Jesus to reach and attain Jesus. I press on toward the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature pursuing spiritual perfection should have this attitude. And if in any respect you have a different attitude, that too God will make clear to you. So (laughs) he's saying that, you know, anyone who is spiritually mature should realize that, yes, we're going to keep moving forward. We're going to keep working on this day after day after day. And we're going, that's how we're going to get better. We're going to keep pressing forward and keep pressing on and keep working on this every day, knowing that we're going to make mistakes along the way. But, he says, even if you don't have this attitude, if you haven't learned that and haven't figured that out yet, that that too, God will make clear to you. <laughs> Just keep trying, you know. If you don't understand it at first, you will if you keep trying and keep going. And that's the way a lot of things are in life anyway. And that's the way a lot of things are spiritually. If you don't understand it at first, don't let that upset you or get you out of joint you know go ahead and keep trying and you will come to understand it you will learn it and understand it it just sometimes it just takes time <clears throat> there are things that um you know I, I i definitely did not know day one a lot a ton a bunch <laughs> a lot of things so that's just the way it is <clears throat> all right so Only let us stay true to what we have already attained. Now that's verse 16. It's very short and simple. But only let us stay true to what we've already attained. Meaning we can't give up what we do know. And what we do know is right. We have to stay. You know, keep that. Don't lose that. In trying to press on and move forward. Well, don't lose anything you've already learned. And make sure that. You are holding on to that and stay true to what you do know. You know, because that's what you do know. Like right now, um, you know that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you hold on to that even if you don't know anything else. He, Jesus was the Son of God and was born again. Okay, I know that. I'm going to hold on to that and stay true to that. Jesus is my example. I need to stay true to that and try to follow him as best I can. Stay true to that as best you can. Every time you learn a little something, just try to incorporate that into your life and stay true to that and hold on to that. And then you can press on to those next things and, and continue to learn more and more and, and, and make those changes and add those things to your life. All right. <clears throat> so verse 17, brothers and sisters, together... Follow my example and observe those who live by the pattern we gave you. For there are many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, who live as enemies of the cross of Christ, rejecting and opposing his way of salvation, whose fate is destruction, whose God is their belly, their worldly appetite, their sensuality, their vanity. You know, maybe they want money, power, who knows, you know and whose glory is in their shame, who focus their mind on earthly and temporal things. So, you know, they glorify and and glory in things that, you know, people should not, for one, should not be glorifying in. But again, 
Two, they can also just focus on things that are here on this earth, like that's the end-all be-all. Like, ooh, I made a million dollars. Well, okay, you, that's fine. What are you going to do with that when you've, you know, when you've died and moved on to heaven or hell? That That's going to be worthless. So, you know, don't make these earthly and temporal things that important. They're not. Um, it's just, you know, temporary. But we are different because our citizenship is in heaven. And from there, we eagerly await the coming of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by exerting that power which enables him even to subject everything to himself, will not only transform but completely refashion our earthly bodies so that they will be like his glorious resurrected body. So, <clears throat> so we don't want to be like the world, we don't want to be fooled and, and, you know, focus on these temporal earthly things, these temporary earthly things. Um, we need to remember that our citizenship is in heaven. We are already citizens of the kingdom and that we are. We're waiting the return of Jesus. And when he comes back, he will. He will. Um, transform us and our earthly bodies will be made like his glorious body his resurrected body so and we should be eagerly awaiting Jesus return we should pray for God's will to be done and 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 waiting for Jesus to return because that's that's what we want however just like with God we want to give everyone a chance to be saved we want to give everyone a chance to join the kingdom and be a part of God's family. So it's it's a hard line to balance as a human. <laughs> I know God knows what he's doing, but for me, that's that's as a human, it's hard to balance that. Um, so, uh, but nonetheless, because I, I do, I do want everyone to be saved because God has said that that's what he wants. So I want that. But, you know, I also would like for us to, you know, to move on to be in heaven. So, anyway, um, that is chapter 3 of Philippians. And again, if you really wanted to look at this as a, if you wanted to like almost summarize this, um, I would say you could say that Paul is telling us the goal of our life is Jesus and that we should be working daily to obtain that goal. That is probably the short, skinny version of this chapter. So I'm just mentioning that now. I will try to mention that again when I do a little summary of Philippians. It probably won't be too long uh, because Paul is being pretty straightforward and uh, teaching uh, some good things here. And just, you know, he's comparing, um, he's comparing our daily lives to a race where we're trying to move forward every day. And yet we still want to hold on to the things we've learned and we know already. So, all right. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. And remember, God loves you.